Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the fifth edition of the Limerick Junior Soccer Focus with myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined by my co-commentator, Aidan Ryan, here this evening. Aidan, we've plenty to get through this evening after. I suppose we had a, an off week due to my unavailability, unfortunately, last week, but we've plenty to get through, including two Premier games from last weekend, Aidan, that had to be fulfilled. There was two big wins in those games. One, you had Ashley Anacotti defeating Regional in that refixed game and also Janesborough defeating Charleville. But to start with the Ashley Anacotti and Regional game, a bit of a comedic moment, I suppose, in the winner scored by Shane Stack, a bootless Shane Stack who was carrying around his boot for at least 30 seconds before the ball fell to him and he smashed it into a corner. But a, a, a brilliant result for Anacotti and, and a great goal by him as well. Yeah, very important uh, result for Anacotti. I think they're, they're going to join top now, Adrian, with yeah. fair view of half the league. Uh, as I said previously, there aren't too many times in their history that they've been top of the league. So it's uh, it's nice to be up there and the team knows to, to make sure they do stay there. As for Shane Stack, what a, what a, what a goal without your boot. Um, but no bother, no bother to, the, to, to Shane Stack because I'm, I'm, I, I believe he's a very accomplished Gaelic footballer. So just uh, plenty of strength in those feet. And uh, look, I had him at Jamesborough for a few years. Really good lad, great player, very good in the dressing room. And uh, <laughs> he's, he is the sort of fellow that would actually die with his boots on or off for you. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm delighted for him, actually, because um, he's a player that, that gives you a level of consistency that a lot of other players don't often give you. So I'm delighted for Shane. Yeah, we'll move on and discuss regional in more depth soon, uh, Aidan, because I want to go on to maybe the, the race for the top six, which is it's incredible. It's already coming towards the, the closing stages of that. Uh, so we'll come on to that. But obviously another huge win for your former club and your former uh, co-manager in Shane O'Hanlon uh, at the weekend, the Tunnel win over Charleville. A few people I would have spoken to would have fancied Charleville going into that game. So to keep a clean sheet and get a 2-0 win, William Glass with two goals was, was really good for confidence for, for James Bruno. Yeah, fantastic result for them. Very important result. Uh, their first their first victory on the pitch in the league, actually, Adrian, so far as I know. Brings mm -hmm. them up to nine points now. Uh, Shane will be delighted with the clean sheets. Watched the game myself. Didn't think they were in much danger throughout the game. Uh, economy of effort, really. Charleville had probably more of the ball. Typical Charleville stuff. Playing the ball nice and short out from the back. But uh, didn't get much change in the last third of the pitch. I thought Adrian Healy marshaled the James Brett back four really well. Knew when to drop off. Knew when to go high. Um, Shane Shane Dillon, who as we, as we're well aware is a prolific goal scorer, didn't really get a chance throughout the whole game because uh, the James Brett defence just dropped off and killed the space in behind. Shane likes to run in behind a lot, and he just didn't get the opportunity. And funnily enough, I watched Charleville also the week before uh, in, in a cup game against Kuna. And Kuna kept a very high line against him and he scored two goals and could have scored another another two. But he didn't get any change out of Jamesborough over the weekend. And they got to 20 goals, Jamesborough, and looked comfortable throughout. Marshalled the game really well, managed it well. Um, saw a lot of hunger about him as well, Adrian. And that's, that's important in those games that they show. You want to show hunger in every game. But these games with the teams around you in the bottom six, you need to show a lot of hunger. And they showed a lot of hunger, in the first, especially in the first half. Scored their two early goals. William Glass got them. First goal, first goal was a tremendous goal. Uh, tucked away a, a header from across from, I think it was Killian O'Shea. The second goal, 
listen, Adam Castle won't be won't be too enamoured with how Charles will defend it as he was really poor defending and he he uh, it was a bit of a goal much scramble he tapped at home. But I, I don't think Charles will deserve much out of the match. He had a couple of half chances, but really didn't tr- trouble James Ware throughout the game. Just judging by Adam Castle's, um, you know, I suppose, re- recent comments, he hasn't been, you know, obviously overly uh, impressed by the results, maybe from his side, not so sure about performance levels. But I suppose he'd be very disappointed with, with that result, then, because as you said, you know, it was a chance as well for Charleville to, to maybe pull away from, from James Barracoon and Mungret for, for, you know, to make it at least six points, which was, was huge. But now you're kind of being dragged in looking over your shoulder a bit, even though I know it's relatively early in the season. Yeah, and it's like you say, it's a chance to to uh, listen. Every point is precious in the league. We've said that before, Adrian. Like if, if, he might have been even happy with a draw coming out of there because it keeps the status quo a little bit, but not to get even that. And they, they had a couple of half chances throughout the match, especially in the second half. Couple of couple of half chances that they might have scored, but there wasn't enough conviction in the team. As I said, a lot of good football up until the last third of the pitch, and then kind of ran out of ideas a bit they're still they're still down a few players Adrian which is hurting them mm. obviously the day is affecting them a bit but um, just on the day I don't think Adam could have any complaints about about the result Jamesborough were deserving winners yeah, Charleville certainly will be praying for the end of the GA season when that is in, in Cork I'm not so sure I, I know I believe it is very close uh, as well to, to finish as it started before the Limerick Championship uh, but to move on now, uh, Aidan, as I said, to the, the top six race, I was looking at it, you know, and there's a couple of teams that have played eight games, uh, Aidan, which means that with, in some cases for most teams with prospect gone, you know, you've only got three games, some have four. Actually, Crew Park have five games uh, remaining to actually play in the league. But, you know, between Balnanti on 14 points in fourth position and between, we'll say, Crew Park, who are further, a four, three places, excuse me, further back, have 10 points it's a very tight race I will say um, before I bring you in that I think with Balinanti's fixtures they've got Kuna, Charleville Regional and Jamesborough I do think that there's probably no fear of Balinanti uh, getting into the, the top six um, but they are right now in, in the thick of the race um, you know you also have Nina looking like they've been in the driving seat ahead of Crew Park even though they've two games more played but then you look at their fixtures Aiden, and they've got Ashley and and Pike left in there three fixtures so it is going to be very tight between those four teams uh, very very tight and I'm going back to that the point again that every point in that league will be precious and Nina will be measured now by the next the next set of fixtures which which certainly on paper look quite difficult and we spoke about regional even I think in our last podcast that how you'll often be measured when you're playing those those teams up near the top like Ben and Antti, Pike, Fairview, Ashling. Um, you need to be trying to pick up a point or two off those if if at all possible, and th- there will be a little scrap there for that for that maybe sixth spot, maybe that fifth spot. Uh, Adrian, the way things are shaping up, you would expect obviously Ashling, Fairview, um, Pike, and Belenenti to be to be the top four in in whatever order before the the the, the split. Um, I think obviously regional Nina and maybe maybe Crow Park. Uh, we'll be looking to to grab a, a couple of spots after that. You 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 might get someone with a run. It's hard to see Charleville or, or Borough coming with a run the way things are at the moment. There's, the squad depth isn't there, and and even their their normal first 11s they're struggling to get them out. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that fathoms out over the next uh, uh, next few games. But remember, Ed, in every single point, you can't emphasize it enough. 
uh, will be precious in, in the scrap to make that top six. And in fairness to, to Regional and Nina, they've shown an ambition that they want to be in that top six. It'll be interesting to see whether, whether Crew Park can uh, match that ambition. Yeah, certainly. And just looking at the fixtures that the likes of Crew would say Crew Park have Pike, Fairview, Regional, Charleville, and Janesborough. I mean, if you look at and then you've Pike, Balnanti, Munger, and Crew Park for Regional, it could be a case of it could come down to that game between Regional and Crew Park to see who, who gets into that top six as well. Yeah, I could, Jan. Listen, Crew Park will be still smarting from their last eight defeat to, to, to Nina, out Nina, 3 1. I think they were leading 1 0 in that. Hmm. So Nina's got a lot of character to come back and, and in the end, by all accounts, won quite comfortably with Crew having a couple of players sent off. I watched Crew Park the weekend in, in the cup game against um, Belenenti, Adrian, and they were very, very disappointing. Um, under pressure for nearly nearly all of the game, struggling to get out of their half. Um, Belenenti were, were probably in third or fourth gear, really, throughout the game. Weren't troubled uh, at the back. And if Crew were taking that sort of form into their last three or four games before the split, at the, at at this stage, going on that, it'll be hard to see them um, making that top six, um, because Nina and Regional are showing quite good form. I was quite critical of them at at the start, uh, given the stats we had last year. I think I think I caught it maybe winning twelve games between the two of them. I think they've hit about eleven now, have they between yeah. the two of them? Just so actually interject the there, Aidan. You know, I was wondering there because we all talk about maybe the the gap between maybe the top four and the rest in the in the Premier Division. So you have obviously your Balnanti, Ashley Anacotti, Pike and Fairview that you always expect to be the top four now. Um, if regional, which, you know, on paper right now, if you were to stop the league, it would be regional Nina again as the top six. Does that just show you that maybe, you know, the, is that a bad indictment, we'll say, on the bottom half of the league that you'd have the exact same top six again the season after? Yeah, well, no one has made, has made the, the, the step up. Like last year at one stage, we were hoping Mungers and maybe Prospect might make the, the step up. Prospect two points off Nina and Regional last year. So, you know, you were hoping that might happen. It didn't materialise. Um, and then we had, we, obviously we had Regional and Nina going into that top six and not doing particularly well while they were up there. So the the, the carrot for them this year is if they make it, uh, can, can they, they take the next step? Can they take points off that, uh, that top four? That's assuming those two teams make it. I'm quite sure maybe Crew Park will have something to say about that. But that's that's how you're going to measure them at the end of the day, um, Adrian. And if they do make that top six, you, you'll be looking to see, will they make that step up and compare it to what they did uh, last season? Because, look, call a spade a spade. Last season, it was, it was miserable up there. Um, there wasn't a whole lot happening in terms of getting points and making an impression. Um, so it's a, it's a big step up when you get there. Um they're showing signs that maybe they're, they're going to bridge that gap. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, there are some tighter games, particularly involving Nina against the top sides earlier on in the season. So uh, that remains to be seen, I suppose. One of the reasons I was probably asking that question, Aidan, with the top six is because I do remember having discussions with you and I'm not so sure we aired them on, on a podcast as such, in that I, I believe, and you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, that you believe that with the problems we've been having at the bottom end, particularly with the likes of Prospect, that maybe decreasing the amount of teams in the Premier Division might be something to be looked at, maybe to like eight, eight teams, ten teams. Um, do you, is that correct in me saying that? Yeah, I did an interview with you a couple of years ago, Adrian, about this. 
it was just before the top six and the bottom six were being brought in and you asked me my opinion and I said that at the time and I still I still stick to this opinion that I don't think it's a good idea. I think it defeats the purpose of the league and I, I actually don't think it's working. Um, and what I did suggest at the time maybe was that, that the, the junior council and the clubs in general look at maybe tightening up the league to 10 teams. And if you're not even happy with that, we'll then tighten it up to a Super League of eight teams. Um, because obviously there are there are gaps there um, and we need to look at preserving our Premier League and keeping the standard as high as we possibly can. And I would like to see it come down to 10 teams. That's how I'd like to see it. And maybe a one-up, one-down and maybe a playoff initially for maybe the second spot, uh, uh, the ninth, the team that finishes ninth and obviously the team that finishes second in, in Premier A. And long term, I think maybe they should be looking at that. And give that a few years and see how it goes. And if necessary, listen, look at going down to eight teams if it has to do that in order to keep the standard at, at its highest. I have brought up that idea to a couple of people, Aidan, you know, and, and, and sourcing yourself uh, uh, from it. But I suppose, what would you say to the argument that, you know, people say that maybe that was tried years ago, I'm not so sure, but maybe that because of the, the lack of commitment, maybe, and just the general standard drop, that even dropping teams to 10 or 8 wouldn't really make a whole lot of difference? Well, I, I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that, as it were, because I feel that at the moment, I, I, I don't see any end in sight to where the bottom six are going. I mean, we have a situation where, where clubs are still struggling to get teams teams out even in the bottom six when when they've uh, when they've split and I don't see an improvement in the standards I don't see the standard improving whatsoever and then as I said with the top six you had a case last season where regional and Nina um, hardly won a game when they went up into the top six so I feel we need to bring it down to 10 I think it'll be more competitive and I think the carrot for for the teams coming up is is to try and improve that standard every single week. And I also think it'll condense the talent pool that you'll have a better talent pool in terms of the, the uh, top 10. Um, I feel we'll have better players spread out towards the league. Yeah, we will keep a keen eye on it and I'm sure that won't be the last time we discuss that uh, throughout the season, that's for sure. Uh, to move on to this week, Aidan, there's obviously a, a plethora of cup fixtures uh, to be played. Um, firstly, I suppose the two-week cup uh, quarter final our first round excuse me tomorrow night will be played between Fairview and Balnanty uh, Rovers it's a repeat of the last year's final which Balnanty came out on top of I, they kind of have been the insane on Fairview really don't they in recent times Ed, because obviously we know they beat them in a couple of weeks ago in the league quite comprehensively um, they obviously won that two week up final and then also effectively cost Fairview the league with a draw in LIT towards the back end of last season so Fairview won't be happy to, to see Balnanty again that quick or maybe they will to be trying to get revenge surely revenge is is big on the mind of Fairview now going into tomorrow night. Yeah, I expect them to play a fairly strong team tomorrow evening. Um, they'll be hurting after defeat outside in LIT a few weeks ago, Adrian. We were both there. Uh, Balinanti, full value for the win. Obviously, they had two cup final last year. What a great victory for Balinanti again. And listen, you know, you, you as I said to you before, you've only so many trophies you, you can win as a Premier team. You have the, the league, the FEI, the Munster Junior, the loss and the Tui. So it's a trophy. And for teams that haven't won a trophy in a long time, when you get to a final, you want to win it once you're there. So I expect Fairview to put out a fairly strong team in it. They have, they have a great record in that two-week cup, uh, Fairview, down through the years. Um, when they're in, they're, they're, 
their plan years ago. It was a trophy they won regularly. Um, with Benenti, decent squads. You know, they have a lot of young lads in their squad. They might try one or two of them maybe to, tomorrow evening. But I expect them to go strong as well. It's a game they'll want to win. They're on a good run at the moment. They have that Indian sign over Fairview. So they'll want to put over another one against them uh, tomorrow evening, I'm quite sure. I know in the interview I did with Dave Dunphy after the Valenti uh, match, Aiden, I tried to, to draw him out on maybe the, you know, the extra impetus he might have put with the likes of Conor Ellis and, and Jake Dillon playing on the opposition team, but he, he definitely uh, was too clever for me on that one. But um, I suppose looking at it, the one thing I did notice, regardless of Conor Ellis and Jake Dillon being in the opposition team that night and um, lining up for Fairview, you know, I suppose it wasn't a good indictment, but it just seemed like Balinanti wanted the game more in general, you know, in the 50-50s. And I'm sure Paul Danaher will make sure that's not the case again tomorrow night. Yeah, Balinanti showed a lot of hunger that evening to win the match. You could see that in even the set-piece um, the set piece deliveries, the finish from the set-pieces, the will to get on the end of the football and put it into the back of the net. And the other thing was they didn't give any, um, they didn't give any space in their half of the pitch to Fairview to try and play. Um, I didn't see Conor Ellis getting in behind him once. Darrell Rainsford had some good moments, but you know, re- really defended well. Um, le- again, led by Aidan Hurley at the back. Two fulls were very, very solid. Stephen McNamara and Goal didn't have a whole lot to do. Dealt with it quite well. So I think Fairview will will be highly motivated to try and get a result tomorrow evening. And listen, you win a couple of these cup games in the two week cup, and you're into a final, Adrian. You know, a couple of games, and you're there. And it's a final to be won. And it's normally the first final to be played. Yeah. So you have a trophy on your belt if, if you can manage to get there and win it. And it does, it, it gives you a nice base to, to, to get into the rest of the season, to have that trophy under your belt. Yeah, I was just saying, because it's the curtain raiser, it certainly is uh, nice to win it as curtain raiser in terms of trophies. So it gives a lot of teams confidence. Um, there's a lot of Munster Junior Cup fixtures, Aidan, being played this week. You're going into your second round and third round fixtures now. But... What I noticed is there's no real standout, obviously, Premier versus Premier tie in it. But what I did notice in, which is different to a lot of times I look at this round of the, the Cup, there's a lot of maybe Premier A sides who have a good bit of confidence taking on Premier sides who are either around the middle. So, you know, you look at Carby United will host Crew Park. Obviously, they'll be familiar with each other from last year in the Premier A League. Um, at, regional, at a club you know very well, at Lunkard are at home to Regional United and they've been a carry against Hyde. Hyder in good form in fairness to them you know they're right up towards the top of, of Premier A after getting promoted so and, and not to mention that Newport who are flying high will play Jamesborough so there are a lot of sticky ties for, for the Premier Division uh, teams now this week Absolutely Adrian and, and sure with my uh, romancing of the, of the cup effort uh, a few weeks ago <laughs> on our podcast I'm obviously hoping there's going to be a shock there <laughs> so I can come on again and talk about it yeah, certainly if you've been in the skins there, I believe Carberry at home, Art Lunker at home. So there is there is a chance. But look, you have to be lucky on the day. It's cup football. I said before, anybody can beat you in a cup match. So if you're the premier team there, you have to be very professional about what you're doing, about how you approach it. Your mindset has to be correct. You have to get on top of the game early. Try and get ahead if you can. Give that team that's, that's, that from, from the division below you nothing to fight for. On the other hand, then you, the, the, the team that's maybe not expected to win from a lower division, you have to be at it again from the start. You have to try and find that little bit of weakness in, in the opposition. You have to be nice and uh, uh, steady at the back. Make sure you don't give any space away. 
attack attack the game as, as best you can, wait for your chance and grab it, and, and then try and hold on to it and manage the game. But it's cup football, anything can happen. Um, certainly a lot of tasty toys there. Who knows? Hopefully, um, there might be there might be a shock. Absolutely, and I know that I, I won't be thanked for for mentioning them, but obviously at the end there I mentioned Newport who played Jamesborough in Pierce Stadium, kind of under the radar so far. Which Davey Ryan said to me he would have preferred them stay, but I'm bringing them up, bringing them up now on, on the podcast. They've, they're top of the Premier A League, joint top with Geraldine's uh, six wins from seven, uh, if I'm correct, and um, that's including Granville who are gone now as well, but. Um, free scoring uh, goals for, for Newport as well and just beat Geraldines in the Munster Junior Cup. So, you know, and with the club set up out there, Aidan, as well, you'd imagine that the ambition would be to, to finally bridge the gap and, and challenge for promotion to the Premier. Yeah, they have a fantastic setup and it's building all the time and I believe there's more more development going to be happening there in the next 12 months. Some major developments happening there in the next 12 months. Really, really very good club. Um I think it's three junior teams now in the U team, 17s. Great, great school by setup. Does a lot of great work on and outside. Um, the, the the first team have kind of been nearly men, really, Adrian, the last few years. And they're probably looking at it, maybe, you know, that consistency level isn't there with them at the moment. Some some really good players there. You, you know, Jake Dillon really came out of there, didn't he? And they still have a uh, quite a few uh, young lads there ready to make the step up as well. But you, you'd you'd like to think they're they're going to make the step up with their own club rather than joining uh, clubs already in the Premier in the years to come. But you got to get that level of consistency there in order to get up, and they haven't had that um, in terms of the match Sunday. Yeah, it's listen, it's another banana skin for 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 Jamesborough. I will say about Jamesborough. In fairness, I was talking to Shane the weekend. They had a banana skin two weeks ago as well against Cardavan. Yeah. And kept through it. And I thought they were very professional about how they did that. Uh, looking at them again Sunday, really professional how they, they saw the game against um, Charleville. And they need to be at that level again on, on, on Sunday and not take their uh, thumb off the pulse and make sure they get through the game because Newport will be up for that. There's no absolutely no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I, I was speaking to Noel O'Connor during the week, Aidan, about Dara Costello's inclusion in the Irish Under-21 squad. But to bring it to, to our amateur status now, you have two players who are actually currently are in, in a few minutes kicking off against Northern Ireland. Uh, AJ O'Connor from Fairview Rangers and Chris Smith, who obviously newly joined Ashley Anacotti from St. Michael's. So two Limerick District League representatives in that squad. And um, I suppose just a word really on, on both players as well, because there's been a huge consistency from both players because... You know, to be picked on such a regular basis over the last couple of seasons and, and beyond in, in cases of even like Sir Brendan O'Connell there of Rockham, it's it's an unbelievable achievement, isn't it, to, to be fair? It is, yeah. Listen, it's it, it yeah, the, the manager there, Jerry Davis, is a huge pick. So it's it's great to see the couple of local players in it. There's no doubt AJ deserves to be there. Fairview have been had a fantastic run in the cups, showing a lot of consistency. Um <laughs> He's an all-rounder, and look when you're when you're a manager at that level, you often look for uh, all-rounders. AJ can play right full. He can play centre half. He can anchor midfield. He could actually play above that midfield because he'd be decent man at third man running, very good in the air, decent passer of the ball, physically very strong and super fit, and has a great attitude. And that's that's what they look for. Chris Smith has been very consistent with St Michael's, obviously over the last few years. And now having joined Ashling is is uh, performing consistently well for them, and 
you know, Davis will 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 be monitoring those players all the time, so he'll know exactly what's going on. And it's great to see Limerick being uh, represented at this level, and hopefully they'll um, they'll get a decent result tonight. Certainly, Aidan. and just to finish on a, a good field note that actually isn't junior related; it's a senior soccer. Obviously, we were talking about cup shocks earlier on, and you were saying you were a romanticist in that that respect. So you would have been delighted to see Three D United uh, defeat UCD, I'd imagine, last week. I mean. They took full advantage of the draw up until now, didn't beat a Premier Division opposition at home. We know that they got Derby City away, which is a daunting task, but you know, they'd rather be there than not be there. It was uh, brilliant for the side. Ah, yeah, for sure. Listen, I, I watched the game on LOI TV and I thought they were fantastic. Um, never looked in danger, moved the ball well, end of Corden. What a fantastic sign, and he has been, he's just so prolific in, in the box. And, um, you have little Willie Armshaw who can play on either wing for you. You know, it reminds me of a guy years ago when I was very young watching watching TV, a guy called Willie Johnston used to play with, with Celtic, had just magic feet, and uh, he was he was actually superb the other night. And listen, it's it's great to get there and it, it profiles the club for them. I know it's a way, but they're gonna be playing in front of a massive crowd. There'll be huge motivation there to cause a cup shock. And who's to say they mightn't do it? Obviously, Derry are in great form at the moment and they have the home tie. But um, they can go up there and enjoy it. Try and stay in the game, see can they nick something. You, again, you've got to be a romantic, uh, Adrian, and hopefully they, they'll, uh, they'll cause a shock. Well, we do remember, have fond memories of the Brandywell from 2002 with, with Noel O'Connor has led uh, Limerick winning the League Cup up there when no one thought they would. And that was even harder at the time with, when they were bottom of the league. So hopefully treaty with good form going into it will cause and upset on the day. My thanks to Aidan Ryan once again for his input this week and his analysis and we'll hope to be joining you again next week on what is going to be another busy week uh, for Limerick Junior Soccer. Thank you.